Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today's topic is cure notices, and this episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. All right, let's get started. We're talking cure notices today, and a cure notice sounds sounds good. Hey, you're cured, right? I'm, you've been ill, and I'm going to give you a notice that you're going to be cured. No, it's actually the, the opposite of that in, in government contracting. Cure notices, they're, they're a step in the process of terminating a government contract. Step, terminating a contract, it's not a decision that's made in a vacuum, because there are steps, like I mentioned, that lead to a termination. Some of those steps are things like a cure notice and a show cause notice. For example, with my, my, my yard, my, my lawn, my lawn service, they didn't show up last week. Again, a little frustrated with that, right? Their service has been you know, like spotty, I guess we'll say it. And I'm concerned that they're flaking, that they're, they're, they're kind of giving me less and less service, hoping I won't fire them. So I could just fire them or I could give them a chance to get back on track. And the chance to get back on track looks a lot like a cure notice. Yeah, that's sort of the same thing, right? You're going, you're going to let them know that their performance appears, their their successful completion of, of the expectation of the contract appears to be at risk. And I'm going to give you a chance to convince me that this will end well. Government contracts are very similar to that, even, even for things other than lawn care or grounds maintenance. But before we get into that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Cheryl Sauber. Cheryl is a senior proposal manager at Mantec. She's in the Herndon, Virginia area. I want to thank Cheryl for liking and sharing several of our podcast episodes, including the market research zone update that we did back in episode 325. When people like Cheryl share our podcast episodes on LinkedIn, it helps us reach more people and continue to make government contracting better one contract at a time. So please keep sharing our episodes, Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl. We appreciate it. Back to cure notices. As you mentioned, we're talking contract termination things today. We covered contract terminations in episode 121. In that episode, we we focused on terminations for convenience versus termination for default. Default is less common, and it's frankly, it's, it's harder to do. There needs to be a real reason to terminate somebody for default. However, it does happen if the contractor is not performing. However, there's a process, as you can imagine, on the road to terminating for default. How do we get into a termination for default in the first place? So you have a contract and the contract isn't going well. Some, something in there is, is delinquent. So much so that the government is considering terminating, stopping work before whatever you decided to buy is, is actually delivered by the contractor. Before actually turning that contract off, before terminating it, the contracting officer can give the contractor a chance to to fix it or cure the delinquency. In general, the government will give 10 days for a contractor to cure the problem. And if that doesn't work, we move on to termination. Contract is over and you don't get paid. And also the government doesn't get what they need and that's bad for everyone. Yeah, the, 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 the goal here isn't to just terminate people because it's easier. It's not easier. The, the goal is to actually get the delivery in the first place. The government's not in the business of terminating contracts. It can be a lot of work to award a contract to win one. So terminating one, it's, it, it's not something people take lightly. It's not something the FAR takes lightly. 
when it is the right decision, of course, there's a path to get there. Yeah, government folks, remember, there's a process and the FAR lays this out for you. And contractors, industry folks, if you're not able or, or willing to perform on a contract you've been awarded, and there's many reasons why that could be the case, remember that just because it's not easy to terminate a government contract, it doesn't mean that it can't be done and, and won't be done because it, it is done, unfortunately, far too regularly. The process isn't that hard. <laughs> right. All right. I mentioned the FAR has a process, and it, it starts with the default clauses. FAR 52249-8 is default fixed price supply and service. There are also default clauses for R&D and construction. And this section, 52249, has clauses that cover termination for convenience and, and other ways that the government can end a contract early. Default clauses are required in Contracts over $250,000. That's the current figure. That number will change. It's, it's technically the simplified acquisition threshold, which currently is $250,000. Yeah. That's where that number comes there from. There you go. Clause says that the government may, by written notice of default to the contractor, terminate the contract in whole or in part if the contractor, one, fails to deliver the supplies or perform the services within the time specified in the contract, two, make progress so as to endanger the performance of the contract, or three, fail to perform any other provisions of the contract. Yeah, and that last one is kind of wide open. Any other provisions of this contract is, if, if we don't think you're performing to the to letter of the contract, you can be terminated for default. Right. Now, granted, that's not a path they're just going to go down overnight. It's a matter of, of communication, but the clause does allow for interpretation. All right, if you're hanging in there with your FAR knowledge, you might recognize that a clause that's in FAR 52.249 comes out of something that is in FAR Part 49. 49.402 describes the, the procedures for defaults, specifically 49.402-3. And it says, if termination for default appears appropriate, the contracting officer should, if practicable, notify the contractor in writing of the possibility of the termination. Note that it says should. So before any of this happens, the contracting officer should say, hey, I don't think this is going really well. I might have to terminate you. Yeah, that's a shot over the bow. And that can be informal at first, but if informal communication isn't satisfactory, the contracting officer moves on to the cure notice. This is the, the formal notification that you're going to have to fix this or you're going to be terminated. You don't send a cure notice if delivery is late because late delivery is is cause for a termination for a default. There's there's it's nothing not curable. Left. There's yeah, there's nothing left to cure. In the termination episode, we talked about the different types of terminations. You may terminate for convenience or a no-cost cancellation of the contract or or as we talked about in the option exercise episode you may just not exercise the next option if the contractor's not doing well. Termination for default is appropriate. And 49402-3C says specifically, when the contractor has defaulted by failure to make delivery of the supplies or to perform the services within the specified time. In these situations, no notice of failure or the possibility of termination of default is required to be sent before the actual notice of termination. It's not required. You can just terminate. It doesn't say you can't. 
nor should you, if, but, but think about it. Like if, if you're living in a vacuum, if there's no communication happening and the contractor doesn't deliver, they literally just overnight get a termination notice. That could happen. That's the way this, this black and white. That's the way this is written. What we're recommending is communications happen long before this, but the FAR does basically allow for, if you're late, I can terminate you the next morning. I think more commonly you run into a situation where a cure notice is appropriate, and this is 49402-3D, and it describes when the contractor fails to perform some of the other provisions of the contract or so fails to make progress as to endanger performance of the contract. Then the contracting officer shall give the contractor written notice specifying the failure and providing a period of 10 days or longer, if, if 10 days isn't enough days, in which to cure the failure. So this isn't, they just didn't deliver. This is ahead of that through open communication and an understanding between the government and the contractor of what's going on in the contract. It, it becomes clear that, that progress isn't being made and we might not get delivery when we expect it. This is when a formal notice might come out, the cure notice that says you have 10 days to get this back on track or we're going to have to terminate. The key word here is endanger performance of the contract. In other words, we, we're concerned that you're endangering performance of the contract. That's the concept, which that's a proactive mindset. It, we're endangering it, not it's already happened. So in your lawn care dilemma that, that you started with, if your lawn care service just got a big contract to do all the, uh, all the ball fields for the, the schools, for the school system, you might look and say, hey, how are you going to do all that work and still do mine? How are you going to make my lawn look good when you got all this other work going on? You might ask them to, to provide some type of confidence or evidence that they can still perform. And they might say, oh, we have a hiring plan in place and we're going to have, we bought a bunch of new mowers and we have new people to mow. The FAR also specifies a format for the delinquency notice or the, the cure notice. This is 49607. At a minimum, a cure notice must be in writing, state specifically the failure that the contracting officer believes is endangering performance, i.e. not be able to mow the grass at my house because you've got so many other contracts. It must allow the contractor at least 10 days to cure the failure. And it's important to note that a cure notice doesn't require a written reply from the contractor. It, it really requires the contractor to, to fix it. So you, you don't have to spend a lot of time at this point, lawyering up and, and sending letters back and forth. Much easier just to deliver. Well, hopefully much easier just to deliver. Although I would argue that if I sent you a cure notice, I'd at least expect you to reply. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a pretty significant document to get and go, eh, whatever. And yeah. give me the impression that you just went, oh, what? Okay, it's just more mail. No, it's, it's something you got to do something yeah, with. Yeah, I would expect a, a formal response probably that day that says, we hear you. We're working on it, and we'll have a response to you within 10 days, right? Definitely acknowledgement is there. All right, 49607A also reminds us that if a contract is to be terminated for default before the delivery date, a cure notice is required, and there must be enough time left on the contract to allow for a cure. Because if they're supposed to deliver in five days and you give them a cure notice— you might as well just let them be late and terminate for default because they're not going to have time to do anything different in those five days in most situations. This is similar to the, the we did a recent episode about contract administration. It, this goes to the idea of if you just discover this the day before things are due, it's too late to send a cure notice. 
this has to happen before delivery date. In this case, 10 days before. So basically two weeks before delivery date. If you have to be paying attention to, to it, are there things that endanger the contractor's ability to perform? The FAR actually provides a, a form letter for, for the contracting officer. So you don't have it's to a think form too sentence. much. A form sentence. Yeah, you don't have to think too much about what to write. And it says you're notified that the government considers your blank, the, the whatever failure is, is occurring. You're notified that the government considers your blank a condition that is endangering performance of the contract. Therefore, unless this condition is cured within 10 days after receipt of this notice, the government may terminate for default under the terms and conditions of the default clause, whichever clause is in your contract. So very short and sweet. And if you get that notice, you should not be happy. All right. Linking this to the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones, this is in the performance zone on the execution time zone side. While you're supposed to be performing, you're not. Therefore, you might get a cure notice. All right, Kevin, government-specific thoughts. Well, the government is concerned they're not going to get adequate performance. The next step is to give some kind of a warning. Well, the cure notice is that warning, okay? I mentioned this a minute ago. The warning must come before the failure and effectively 10 days before. So if I'm going to fire my lawn service and I'm going to use this process... I have to be paying attention. I have to be communicating with them. I have to be administering the contract to know that they're not going to be able to meet whatever expectation that is in the contract for 10 days from now, whatever the delivery model that I've built out for them is. It's important that we're managing our contracts enough to know this should not be a surprise. If you're using a cure notice, there's a whole lot of communication that went into this ahead of time. And it's basically, it's a last chance for the contractor to write the ship before you fire. Yeah, we don't want to terminate contracts. We don't want the government to terminate contracts because that means time and money has been wasted and the government is not receiving what they require in order to perform their mission. If contract administration is going along as you, as you would expect, like you said, if the government's really paying attention and knows what's going on with the contract, hopefully long before you get to a cure notice, any issues, anything that might endanger performance contract is being addressed. But if you get to a cure notice, you're giving them one last chance to avoid, well, not delivering. It seems like that should be easy from the industry side, right? You're awarded a contract, you just deliver, right? Yeah, step one, win the contract. Step two, perform the contract. Step 2A, don't get a cure notice because you screwed (laughs) up the performance. Yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. But this stuff does happen. Yeah, industry folks, take it seriously. If you get a cure notice, take it seriously. Cure the problem. Tell the government how you're going to fix it. This is your last warning, and it may already be too late. They may just be following the process to make the termination easier to sustain on their side, right? They're just papering the the situation. They have they have the paper trail. Yeah, this may be the only warning, or or they may just go straight to a show cause, which will talk about in in a different episode, but take it seriously as the message or avoid getting one in the first place by just performing on your contract. A cure notice is, is this is your final warning. It's, it's, it's going downhill from here for real. And as we've talked about before, termination for default is a blot that goes on your permanent record on your CPARS on the, the contractor performance assessment report, and it will make it more difficult for you to win future government business. 
All right. Speaking of the future, let's wrap this one up. On the government side, communicate early if there are concerns. To use the cure notice as a heads up, we're unhappy. (laughs) Notify the contractor of your intent to use a cure notice. If you think that you're going to go down that road, let them know you're serious by showing them that this is a process that you would use. Show them the process so they understand the cure notice is is kind of pushing the snowball over the top of the hill. And and by curing the problem, they can keep the snowball from starting an avalanche and, and, and pushing out your contract. Interesting, folks. It, this works on your side too. If you're communicating upfront, if you're sharing any issues that you're having and showing that you're working on them, if you're sharing the progress that you've made, if you're showing the steps that you're taking to ensure that deliveries of your supplies or services are going to occur accordance in accordance with the contract, you should never get to the cure notice situation. A lot of times, the, these formal notices come when communications have broken down. It's also important to note that if you are communicating openly, you will have by now identified any, any failures or lapses on the government's part that might be making it more difficult for you to deliver in accordance with the contract. There's a whole process for that. Uh, we talked about that when we talked about change orders. You have a certain amount of time to notify the government that they have done something that's impacting performance. For instance, if the contract required the government to supply you with property, government furnished property, tools, or, or other things that, that are required to get the job done and they're late in delivering that government furnished property, you need to notify them right away that that is impacted and and work that out ahead of time. You can't wait till the very end of the contract, get a cure notice and say, well, you were late, uh, so I, I, I don't have to deliver on time. No, it doesn't work that way. It's going to sound like sour grace, but it's also going to put you in a very defensive position. It doesn't change the fact that you have 10 days. Getting a cure notice written and approved, marketing officer isn't just going to crank that out in an email over a weekend. It, somebody else is going to look at it and it is going to start a formal process. So be very leery of saying in response to a cure notice, but you did this. It caused me to be late. It is way too late to bring that up. We also talked about excusable delays in episode 152. There are excusable reasons why a contractor may not deliver on time. Again, you have to note that way before you get to a cure notice. Again, you have to communicate that an excusable situation has delayed your contract way before you get to a cure notice. And I'll, I'll put out there for, for the contracting officer side, if somebody responds to a cure notice with, here's an email that I sent you six months ago about this problem, uh, that, that's, which we have a client we're helping with that problem right now, that's on the government side. <laughs> that was that Because ignoring them telling you and then you sending a cure notice, that's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> They're yeah. trying to communicate it as a two-way street. Yeah, and I'd say it can be on both sides. Sometimes a contractor sends a note, doesn't get a reply and says, well, I sent it, so I'm good, right? You, you really should get things yes. out in the open and you never get to a cure notice due to lack of communication. There are other reasons why a contractor might not be able to perform that no amount of communication can fix. Sometimes things just happen, but hopefully you're not in that situation, whether you're on the government side or the industry side. Bingo. And with that, I'll talk to you soon, Kevin. All right, I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us on today's Contracting Officer Podcast. When you need help navigating a cure notice, or hopefully before a cure notice shows up, Skyway's team of former contracting officers is here to help through custom consulting and training. Visit skywayacq.com or give us a call at 
884-5280 to learn more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. 